0: It's 906 at WPTF Radio AM 680 and FM 98.5. Tom Kearney here, the Tom Kearney Show for a Tuesday night. Uh, I believe it's January the 26th, and we're here every night, Monday through Friday, from nine to ten, with a little bit of in real time radio where we uh, try to bring you uh, interesting topics to discuss, information that you can use. Uh, we want to entertain and. Uh, Identify you, and it's live and in real time. Uh, tonight, my guest is my very own brother, Stephen Kearney, who over the years has kind of become our entertainment editor. And back over about eight months ago, we started following a question that I had asked him to look into. Uh, and he's done it a couple of times, and we, we're here for an update. Uh, I guess the last time we talked about the movies and what's going to happen to them after the COVID virus pandemic, uh, uh, goes away we hope it will uh what, what will exist what will still be here of the the movie theaters the brick and mortar theaters as i want to call them and so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight Stephen, are you there yes tom i'm here are you all warmed up and ready to talk about it? i know you you're a great fan of, of the entertainment industry and uh our movie goer and uh how long has it been since you went to a movie house uh, Tom, it was probably in the early part of 2020. Um, my lady friend and I had
1: purchased a, for uh, instance, she had given me, I think, for one of my birthdays or, or Christmas, a um, year long pass, which allowed us to go see as many movies as we wanted to, each time costing only a dollar. And, and we, we like to go to movies. And we like that going to the movie theater and getting popcorn and a drink is a movie going experience, as you know, Tom. And, that's what we enjoy doing, but of course that all that all changed about the middle of March of last year.
0: Well, you, you did exactly what I wanted you to do, in that you as you constructed this as a kind of American cultural thing, beginning oh a hundred and somewhere between a hundred and and hundred and twenty years ago. A thing to do was to go to the movies. I guess an early version of it was to go to the Nickelodeon, which uh, wasn't a place that you sat down in usually, but you went and confronted a machine and put a nickel in it, I guess, and, and turn the, the handle and you got to see what we would call a movie. And eventually the, uh, the movie being shown on the screen as we know it came about. And, uh, uh, you mentioned the popcorn and if you can't figure out in any town where to get any popcorn, you would, if you were a real puzzled, you would start at the theater because usually that's a, a part of that. And then of course there's the candy counter, uh, Let's, let's all go to the movies, and that was the theme song they used to, to sing, and the, I found out when I started going to movies as an adult that there were certain candies and uh, confectionaries and so on that you could find in the movie theater that you couldn't find anywhere else, and you could always ask your girlfriend if you wanted to go to the movie on a date. What's going to happen yeah. if that, that opportunity doesn't present itself anymore? So that's part of the reason. It's a cultural artifact that we're going to be television talking it about. It is, and it took many different
1: forms. You know, for some people, it was that first date thing, uh, when movies, uh, and it, we're talking about a time before television, Tom, uh, right. sometimes people got their news, they had, like, a news before uh, the feature, they had cartoons before the feature, uh, you had an opportunity to sit with a whole bunch of other people and laugh, a kind of theater experience, not unlike going to see live theater, but... Of course, instead of white theater, it ends up on the screen. Uh, it became the babysitter on Saturday afternoon, and people went to see serials, uh, Tom. Before serials got involved in television, they were on television, because uh, there was on television, it also was a place to go
0: for certain areas of the country to get out of the heat. They air conditioned, Tom. Twenty degrees. The Carolina Theater in Goldsboro said some number, ten degrees, twenty degrees, something cooler inside, and. And uh, one of the things that you and I have talked about that I didn't realize for a long time is the, the amount of product that Hollywood produced around the time of World War II, particularly after the war and but before television came along. Some of the, the, uh, the B theaters, that is not the first-run theaters, would change the bill twice a week. And it was kind of a—the te- movie theater was kind of like television. In fact, television replaced uh, that, but uh, there was enough product turned out to— to keep the theaters going, and those are some of the movies that we end up seeing on Turner Classic Movies these days, not the, the ones with the big names like Casablanca and and uh, so on, but rather uh, noir, for instance, was a, a big thing in those. And uh, I went, I can't remember whether you did because you and I have an age differential, but your sister and I went to uh, the the Cowboy Theater in for every Saturday morning and got a big tub of... Uh, uh, Actually, we got two boxes of popcorn. It was 10 cents a box then. And uh, and uh, watched uh, Double Feature and all the things that you outlined, including the, the March of Time or whatever the, the feature that carried the news. Was. A lot of people, that was the way they saw what Churchill looked like or what uh, Eisenhower looked like or something like that, particularly during World War II. But uh, as for going to the building and watching a movie, Uh, That uh, may not be there at the end of the the, uh, COVID-19 crisis, uh, when the world returns to normal. Uh, But I think one of the things that you've—I don't know where you want to begin with this, so don't don't let me limit you— but one of the things you've told us is that things were moving in the direction of the the brick-and-mortar theater being replaced and the streaming services and other things uh, taking their place already— before the, the, the disease came on, but I'm going to toss it to you and see where you want to go with that. Well, Tom, uh, one of the things that has become clear is, is that
1: we don't quite know when uh, there's going to be a sense of normalcy or there's going to be a new normal. And what will, will be the character of that new normal? Uh, the movie-going experience simply will have changed when the COVID situation subsides in whatever form it may take. It, it may never totally go away. I will not get into that because that's, that's kind of sad to talk about. But um, the question that we're dealing with and have been dealing with over the last few months is it, you use the term "brick and mortar. That is, uh, you're going out of your house and going to another building and sitting in uh, theater style, stadium style seating and watching on a big screen a motion picture which is presented there. And, Again, it's the experience we talked about, uh, popcorn, candy, sitting with a bunch of other people, or your your honey, or whatever. Um, Movie theaters are fairly well established at this stage, January of 2021, But movie theaters are unlikely to reopen in any meaningful way before late spring or early summer of 2021. I think it's probably going to be even later than that, if at all, Uh, the, uh, that doesn't mean, the time that, Tom, that there are not movies that came out in 2020 or that continue to come out. Um, there is as many as eight to ten movies released every week during the calendar year of 2020. It's just how the those when they released and where they were released today. Um, so, Tom, what I want to do, I think, is talk first about the, um, the effect on the largest. You know, chain in the United States uh, because that's where most of the
0: information we got comes from. This uh, can I stop you? Can I stop you right here before you get into that, Stephen? Can you hear me? And uh, because this is, a, well, I want you to have a good straight run, uh, and we're, we're going to take a break here. It's about uh, nine fifteen on the Tom Kearney Show. We're talking with Stephen Kearney, who's our entertainment editor. and We're talking about what's going to happen to the movies when the when the uh, crisis over the the uh, virus is over, and people can go uh, to visit the movies if they want to, as you said, Stephen, in another building. And one of the things I would have added to what you said about that was in another building, usually with other people present. And that's well, one of the problems, of course, with going to the movies now. But uh, when it recover, will there be a normal norm? Will we go back to the way it was or anything like it? And I think you told me, Uh, One of the former times when we were together to talk about this, that probably that was changing already and that what the conditions of the the virus has produced has simply speeded things along. But we'll come back to where you are right now right after we take this break. To the program with a little, I think it's green onion. Uh, The Tom Kerning Show on WPTF, uh, PM 680 and uh, ninety. 8.5 8.5 uh, FM. But remember to put uh, one button on each the AM button and the FM button in your automobile. Tonight we're talking with a longtime regular. He's been with our program just about as long as it's been on, as a trivia expert and knowledgeable person about many things, including the entertainment world. And we're talking tonight about the future of the American movie industry uh, when things return to normal, whatever that may be, because the theaters have been for for the most part, closed and greatly affected by the virus uh, that has visited the United States. And, Stephen, I think you were going to talk about some reflections on the largest movie chain and what they've been doing. Am I not right about that?
1: No, that's right, Tom. In fact, I'm going to give you sort of a a roadmap of what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to start talking about the brick-and-mortar theaters first as uh, personified or typified by the largest of the chains. Uh, Then we're going to talk about streaming services briefly. And then we're we'll going to end up, Tom, by talking about um, the award seasons and, and how the aforementioned things we're going to be talking about have changed the scheduling of, of the giving
0: of awards
1: and how they're done.
0: And also, uh, hasn't well, and, and, and uh, I, I, I'm just kibitzing here, changed the, the way the movies have been released, along with the streaming services and everything. Well, some, in some cases, they not, they've they not been released at all. And
1: uh, oh, that's so, true, and... It's true, and a lot of the blockbuster movies that would have been released in the calendar year 2020 have been pushed back into mid to late 2021, but you're very, very much correct about that.
0: Well, you know, something that occurred to me today, and then I'll get out of your way, is that a lot of those people who've been making zillions of bucks, uh, the example that I was reading about was Tom Cruise, uh, will, uh, in fact, not be making zillions of bucks because there's not going to be any box office. And a lot of the money comes... Beyond production and stuff comes from the box office and so on, but you may want to talk about that later, too.
1: Well, and how the whole movie industry, from uh, production to presentation to marketing, is, is being changed by the presence of the pandemic. Now, the brick and mortar theaters were beginning to change even before the pandemic hit, because, quite simply, they were facing a lot of, different bites of the entertainment dollar and they were trying to find ways to make it more palpable for the people out there to come to their their theaters. Uh, You were getting places that were basically virtual uh, living rooms in in movie theaters. You were having a couch-like experience with food brought to you. They would serve beer. Uh, Tom, all this was just so that they could get you to come to the theater and experience the movie-going experience while being totally comforting and careful as you could be. But that was before the pandemic hit, because when the pandemic hit, Tom, there was a total lockdown for a while, you remember. And then it slowly reopened, and as things have slowly reopened, people are hesitant to go to a movie theater full of of people. An example, Tom, um, the ANC Theater chain is the largest uh, theater chain that's out there now, 636 locations and 8,094 screens, for your information, Tom. Cinemark is second. 331 theaters with 4,517 screens. But AMC was $5 billion in debt going into the pandemic. That's going into the pandemic. As of mid-December of 2020, it needed, that company needed at least $750 million of additional weekly capital to stay alive. They had They've gotten a hundred million investment, but they needed an additional $750 million to fund the cash requirements that were going to take them through the year we're in now, 2021. This big news came out yesterday, Tom, and that is that bankruptcy for AMC, this is the chief executive officer of AMC, announced that bankruptcy was now off the table as a possibility for AMC because they've been able to raise $917 million of new equity and debt Debt capital, so they're going to be able to uh fund themselves and remain open and operational deep into the calendar year 2021. As a result of that announcement, Tom, their stock went up 37 percent. But this is what it's taken. Now we talked about almost a billion dollars of liquid capital that had to go into this chain to keep them functioning through the calendar
0: year of 2021. Um, let me stop you uh, and ask you a question here and you just said right. the word that I was looking for, functioning, that, that I think it refers to the fact that some of their theaters, if not all, are, are at least open. Some theaters are open, Tom. Um, you you kind of have to feel
1: something. and uh, I live uh, in the Toronto Charlotte area, and uh, there are very few of them that are open. You can go and have a movie experience, but you may be in there with only 10 other people illustrative of this, Tom, might be if you happen to watch the inauguration. Did you see how the crowd was spaced out? You know, the, the chairs were far apart from one another. You're not going to be able to sit next door to somebody, and probably not your honey, so to speak. We thought they would, that, and that would not be the case. But if the theater holds 300 people, they only allow 100
0: in. So I see. So, okay, so it's a limited... There's not a real cash flow coming from the box office that's so coming come from the box office, and the
1: the motion pictures that are being re- released now uh, that are sort of event oriented are being released to a limited number of theaters and to streaming services on the same day. Streaming services such as HBO Max, um, which of course is tied to HBO, Netflix, Amazon Prime, things of that nature. Uh, Disney Plus. You're going to get it on the same day. Uh, it's going to be in other theaters for a much more limited period of time than they would otherwise. Sometimes movies would be released and they would play for you know anywhere from three to six months if they're a hit. That's not going to happen now. Uh, when it goes beyond that month period of time, it's much more likely to continue to be on the streaming services than, as uh, your term again, the brick and mortar theater where you might go for that really going experience.
0: Well, it always, I think, offers perspective if you if you reflect a little bit on history. Let's reflect a little bit on history. What was the, the timing of that thing like, say, before uh, the streaming services? And I think Netflix was a pioneer in this effort, but before they started operating. that is, the, I think they usually release movies on Friday, don't they? Uh, it, it really depends on what they're trying to do, but most
1: of the time they're uh, on Fridays, uh, sometimes... As they get to the the blockbuster times of the year, which have gone further and further back to dawn from the summer now into May and sometimes even April, um, they release them on Wednesdays. Uh, If they have to release them to get them Oscar uh, considered, they release them whenever they need to, depending on whatever day that may be. But you're right; the vast majority of them tend to open on a Friday.
0: Well, I remember George, your predecessor, told me one time that they had to. Uh, for a, a movie to be considered for an Oscar, for instance. And this would give us a, a rule to, to, to put set things up against. It had to appear in a certain designated theaters in Los Angeles and New York for at least a week before Christmas uh, and something like that. But that was when there was no streaming and you saw the movie and then over the years, the movie would come out and then a year later, the DVD would come out and, and, and of late, uh, the DVD has been joined by the streaming service and so on. And, and in fact, what we're here tonight talking about may be the story of how it will replace uh, the, the, fe- the feature in the theater. I think the
1: streaming service has sort of had a road that they would do it about three months after it was initially released to the theaters. Of course, that's gone by the wayside now. Um, Tom, in, in terms of the Academy Awards situation, uh, you're right in that uh, uh, most of the movies would have to appeal the way they used to be done before the pandemic. They had to be released between January 1st of 2020 and and, and December 31st of, say, 2020. And you're talking about a calendar year. To be considered for uh, an Oscar, they would have to have been released in Los Angeles and New York for that week period of time in the year preceding uh, the award ceremony, which was usually in late February or early March. But of course, with uh, the uh, academy is as early as June of 2020 changed how it was going to do so. things. the the academy moved its uh, award in June of 2020 back two months, so now the Oscars are going to take place on April 25th in Los Angeles. The presentation uh, may have some live person there, Tom. It may have some people in New York but it will also utilize uh, studios, uh, home, um, pre-recorded type things to present the uh, show. It's not all going to be people showing up at the Dolby Theater.
0: And, uh, you know, the red carpet experience, Tom, um, may be gone. Uh, uh, that was the question I was going to ask you, and I will have to say that we're pretty close to taking a little time off of the news, so hold that thought. And let's find out what the talk is going to be about the red carpet. That's always interesting. WPTF news time is 9.30. For Tuesday night, it's January 20, 26, 2021. I still, my record is is still in a streak. I haven't uh, said the wrong year yet, but it will probably happen. Tonight our guest is Stephen Kearney, my brother, who is our entertainment guy and has been a trivia guy for radio and television and movie trivia and lots of other kind for uh, most of the life of this program. We'll be back with him in just a moment, but we do usually do a little promoing at this time. Tomorrow night our guest will be Ernest Dollar, who is the director of the City of Raleigh Museum and the Pope House Museum, and we'll be talking some about the history of Raleigh, things like Diggs Park and its uh, predecessor, when the area was known as Dix Hill, and uh, maybe take a look at the Lada uh, School of Medicine, which is something that has always disappeared from Raleigh, but uh, was very important at one time. Those are some of the topics. Thursday night will be a nostalgia night, and Friday night will be, of course, a trivia night for this week. But tonight we're talking about movies, the cinema industry, and the effect of the coronavirus uh, and the uh, closings uh, the lockdowns and so on have had on the cinema and the movie industry. And the last word I remember my brother mentioning was uh, the red carpet, which is, uh, Stephen, I can imagine that they will not uh, have a very big crowd inside the, the theater where they hold the ceremonies, if they hold the ceremonies in a real as opposed to a virtual situation. But uh, and they may have a an imaginary, not an imaginary, but a fake red carpet, and then the people just won't go inside because, An awful lot of people want to dress up for that thing. What's your thought? Uh, Yeah, I think you're right, Tom. It's going to be, if you
1: have one at all, to be modified in some way to take into effect uh, the presence of the COVID 19 pandemic throughout the country. Uh, Of note, uh, it it will probably, there will be some people at the Derby Theater, which is the venue for this particular event. Again, as mentioned before, there's going to be some people in LA, some in New York. Some of them be in homes or studios set up for them to talk. The so, Tom, these are going to be, and this is important, vaccinated stars, Tom. Uh, and, we, and that is extremely important in our current uh, culture. Uh, they're already going to be inoculated against the, uh, the COVID-19 virus. And so, the ones that would be even under consideration to come out and be present would be ones who have received the vaccine, which is uh, going to become or is becoming readily,
0: more readily available. So, Tom so all I have to to do. To, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was gonna say all I have to do to get my shot, my vaccine, is to become a movie star. Well, that probably doesn't hurt Tom, but I'm the, a member of the crew or something like that. The the weird
1: carpet experience, which is where, you know, there's an hour or two before the actual presentation of the of the awards, the limousines pull up and the stars and starlets step out of a limousine and they walk down the red carpet and they're photographed and interviewed, and there are people alongside and people on the carpet, and you no, know, that's not going to happen, I don't believe, this year, and will it happen in the future? We'll have to wait and see, Tom.
0: Okay, well, what is Ryan Seacrest going to do? Well, anyway. Uh,
1: uh, but important things to
0: note, Tom, it, it has been
1: moved, the The date has been moved for the event to, to April. It used to be in late February, and oddly enough, the Golden was in in about this time or just a little bit before in a normal year, the Golden Globes have moved to late February to take the slot left open by the Academy movie. They're going to look at different uh, theaters that are premiered in different venues such as the streaming services. Uh, They have extended the period time. It's not just the calendar year, January 1st to December 31st of 2020. It's movies that are eligible for the Academy Award would be those that were released in theaters or on streaming platforms between January 1st, 2020 uh, and February 28th, 2021, and they'll be eligible for the 2021 Oscars. Essentially, we're talking instead of 12 months, 14 months, and then the
0: presentation would be in April. So, they've, they've moved just generally what they've done is moved things back. Uh, two months, and I noticed that the British Academy, BAFTA, I think it's called, has moved their, award of, uh, of their, uh, moved their awards back in parallel with the, uh, the Oscars, the Academy Awards in the United States. Right. uh then, I think,
1: it uh, reacted to what the Academy's did. They moved theirs back to April 11th and BAFTA, for those who may not know what those mean, Tom, or the British Academy of Film and Television. Uh, awards, I think is what it's called, or Academy, I think it's the Academy. Tom. Uh, they moved back to April 11th and, uh, the Grammys time have moved from January to March. The SAG Awards, which is Screen Actors Guild Award, that's given by the actual performers, two other performers, have moved, uh, uh, to April 4th, essentially being pushed back three months, Tom. Um, some have been canceled or moved. At this moment, uh, indefinitely. They're not sure when they're going to hold. Among those would be the Tony Awards, which is about theater, Tom, Uh, and the Cannes Film Festival. It's kind of on hold
0: for the moment as well. And of course, this has been, uh, this is actually, I think, the result, if I remember, of a sliding down the the, the calendar process. And that is, they originally moved them maybe one month in some cases, and now they moved them two months. uh, And and, are they going to have an acceptable, uh, acceptable? What am I uh, say? Group of movies uh, that are susceptible of awards, or have so many been movie canceled that it's not going to be a very good crop? I think we're going to have a pretty good crop Tom. time. Uh,
1: the uh, Oscar winners, instead of being competitive and seeing the the, the uh, available fare out there, are going to be able to see them on disc or via streaming platform. Uh, the um, uh, movies that are you know, those that have been in theaters or on streaming platforms, um, they, they would, the ones that would be qualified in terms of streaming platforms would be uh, qualified as a result that uh, they they, uh, had, they planned to open the theaters before the pandemic uh, prevented them from doing so. In other words, were well, they planned to be you know, released then, but then thereafter were they released to the streaming service? If that's the case, then they would be eligible as well as uh... I, I always like to do research on just about anything I do for, for public consumption, where I'm not just talking on the uh, And as I looked at everything, they are already starting to predict what film uh, and what people might be eligible for, um, for, for the awards, but that was not our focus tonight. Uh, Tom, I also wanted to just spend a moment and, and talk about um, the Golden Globes, because often what happens is the Golden Globes, uh, is a predictor, if you will, of um, what happens at the Oscars. I'm not sure what our time is, Tom, so I'm going counting on to let me know about that. Yeah, um, okay, go go ahead, go ahead. Uh, okay, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association are the ones that give out the Golden Globe. And uh, their process has changed, also. Uh, the distributors of the films must contact the Hollywood Foreign Press Association uh, as it uh, gives the growth, They must set up on a screening date for the association members to see them, and they must provide the members with either a screening link, that would be computer-oriented, or a DVD so that they could do it at home. The eligibility for these movies would be motion pictures that had a bona fide theatrical release planned to begin in L.A. during March 15th to April 30th of 2020. May, uh, they may movies that went that may instead be the first in television format, and will still be eligible for the Golden Globe. A television format is defined Tom as uh, subscribe streaming or subscribe cable or broadcast television. there's three options there for a possible movie that to be considered for a Golden Globe. Um, they changed the rules, Tom, because they had to.
0: Well, quite often so that's the way it's happened, but what they're, what they're saying there is, well, you, you, however you may have watched it, you, uh, you have to have watched it during that period uh, outside of, well, you could have watched it outside of the theater and it'd still be something that people could vote for. Okay, I've got it straight now. So, you know, what we're seeing, Tom, is that
1: the, the pandemic is changing. Not only the, uh, the, the building that we talked about and our the movie-going experience, but uh, the uh, it, well, we have to go back in history, as you said again, Tom, on the reason for the Academy Awards, as we all know, or as, it, as we may be talking about here for the first time, if you don't know it, is that the Academy Awards came along to, to
0: make money for the for movies. Right, Tom? And to, exactly, and to promote movies. That was the whole idea. It's, you know, it's like a lot of awards, Stephen, and this is something I only learned in my severe maturity that is when i got to be a, a little bit you know adult plus and that is you think uh, the judges for awards are going and watch a lot of movies and they decide, i like that one i'm going to vote for it or i like that one or I'm, I'm going to vote for it when in fact the movies that they're usually considering are movies that have been nominated by uh whoever produced them and they're on a list and the, and the winner is chosen from that list does that sound right to you Right,
1: Tom, and and uh, one of the things that has happened in the last let's say well, it's been going on quite some time now. I don't know. I don't want to put an actual date on it, but uh, there have been ongoing campaigns, Tom, that's conducted by the by distributors of studios, especially the major ones, to have their movies be nominated or to win an Oscar, because obviously it translates into dollars for them. One of the things that has happened as a result of the changes we've been talking about here tonight is that the ability for these studios to campaign heavily, spending lots of money to try to get their movies and nominated and maybe win, the ability to campaign has either changed or been disposed of completely because they simply can't do it the same way that they used to. So why can't they do it the same way? Well, Tom, if they're spending a lot of money in promotion for a given movie, yeah, that's one thing, but they got people going to see it at the movie theaters. They got the Academy members coming to see it. But if the Academy members are viewing the movies under a different scale or in a different way, and it's bad to have bona fide releases out at a certain time and a certain time period that's truncated or changed, the ability to mount and to carry through a campaign of promotion that for your movie to to be nominated, turn uh, so on the spell of the moment, Tom. Is that the ability to do that is effective. So there's going to be less of that competitive stuff for uh, just trying to get a movie uh, to to win a award for the movie dollar than uh, the actual doing by the members, the voting members. And, and what I'm trying to say, Tom, is if you're going to get a a, a more pure sense of quality than something that may
0: be It's something that's been promoted and and where the the votes have been manipulated. There's one thing I'd like to talk about, and I don't know, it was not on our schedule, but but, uh, if you feel like you can after we take a break here, and if not, we'll talk about something else, but uh, how many movies have been produced and how has it cut into the jobs? I mean, not only as, you know, the first-name actors and actresses not got their 20 or $50 million deals. And by the way, I have no idea how much an actor or an actress gets paid to do a movie. Uh, but but uh, one thing that I was listening to today or reading today was about a guy who worked on uh, scores for movies. And uh, he his amount of uh, uh, income had been reduced about 90% when they moved from the the movie that uh, debuted in the theater to the one that debuted on on a a streaming source and so on. So there are a lot of jobs that are disappearing, and a lot of money is just simply not moving. We don't tend to think of it this way, but uh, of course, the the movie industry is a big money maker for the part of the world that it exists in, and indeed, in terms of the whole American entertainment industry. But if if you... can meditate on that for a minute. We'll come back and and close the program out with that. Stephen Kearney is our guest. I'm Tom Kearney, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. 98.5. Kearney with the Tom Kearney Show. Tomorrow night again, Ernie Dollar of the City of Raleigh Museum is going to be with us, and we're going to talk about the history of Raleigh, and we hope you will join us for that between 9 and 10 tomorrow evening. My my colleague, and and in fact my brother Stephen, who is our entertainment editor, has been Our our guest tonight, we've been talking about uh, the American movie industry and what its uh, future is, what its fate is after uh, being so severely diminished by the the coronavirus uh, causing so many lockdowns and closing of uh, things where people are expected to gather together and share an experience, like going to the movies. Stephen, where were we when we last talked? Uh, I think we were talking about jobs in the movie industry and things like that.
1: Well, you ask a really important question, and it's essentially how are the movies going to make money? How how do movies make money in this new world? And that's something, quite frankly, I'm still trying to discover myself. If I may, though, Tom, let me talk about streaming services, because I think the answer lies with them. Uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Disney Plus are the top three streaming services. Uh, During the height of the lockdown, and we're talking about the middle third of last year. Adults uh, were spending six hours and 25 minutes each day watching the television. On average, an adult was spending one hour and 11 minutes watching streaming services. Uh, 12 million customers signed up for new services like the ones above. Uh, Netflix, Tom, um, had 28 million new subscribers in all of the calendar year. Uh, twenty nineteen. I'm sorry, I should have put it at twelve million. I believe that was in the month of December. But uh, Netflix had twenty eight million new subscribers throughout the entire year of twenty nineteen. In twenty twenty Tom, they had twenty six million new ones by July. So almost the total amount of, of the previous year signed up new by the half year mark. And I think then lies the key, the answer to the question, because with this many new subscribers, there has to be product out there, and it's not just lots and lots of old movies. We know they're out there, but whether the subscribers want the new product, and so there has to be new product made by the studios, and the studios will sell that product through contract to the streaming services. And so it's kind of a follow the money, Tom. Uh, to get new subscribers, there has to be content for the new subscribers to watch the streaming service have to buy new content from the producers, and that flow of money will eventually trickle down to the jobs that you're talking about and how much of that can be spent on those jobs will be reflected by how many new subscribers and what kind of new product are they ingesting, so to speak, Tom.
0: Well, one other thing, and we don't have time to talk about this tonight, is is, uh, obviously... uh, the streaming uh, entities such as Netflix and Disney and uh, Amazon Prime and there are lots of others. Uh, When I I watch these interview shows, like the late-night shows where Kelly and Ryan and everything, there's always some guest on there and they've just had a new movie produced and it isn't by MGM and it isn't by Paramount, it's by Amazon Prime. There's there's money being invested because they have a way to show their product. That's what electronic technology has done for us. But what is this going to do? to the regular television uh, cable systems that I, that I have, uh, uh, and, you know, the, the thing that's been classical for the last 25 or 30 years. That's a question we'll have to answer sometime in the future. Let's don't even try to do that tonight. Let's just let me thank you for being with us tonight, and I'm going to call you a little bit in a few minutes and, and talk a little bit, but thanks for being on the program. Okay, Tom, thank you.